Well, good morning, folks. I have already been told that uh, I've been spoken very highly of, and there's, there's a lot anticipated this morning. So, wow, what a way to start. But no, uh, I, I certainly do appreciate the opportunity of Brother Kerry inviting me to come up and speak with you this morning and share God's Word. Uh, it's always a pleasure to stand in the Lord's pulpit and deliver his message. And uh, so this morning, if you have your copy of the Word of God, I ask that you uh, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And our text this morning will be Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21. And so while you're turning there, I'm going to share with you what 2023 has in store, especially for me. So 2023, for me, will be a highly profitable, or a high probability that fortune will finally smile. Everything will turn for the better. I'll enter 2023 with great determination to work primarily on myself. I'll start looking at myself differently and take a step in the right direction. So that's my horoscope for 2023. Now, how many of you thought you would come into the Lord's house and listen to the pastor's horoscope to start off? (laughs) Okay, well, I share that because I honestly don't give a rip what my horoscope says, okay? Um, So don't, uh, don't be going to Brother Kerry and saying, hey, you can't come back, he's reading horoscopes in church. I want to read the Word of God, and I want to share with you what God says about our 2023. So if you will, let's look at that text, Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15. Paul says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another, in the fear of God. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray this morning. Father God, I do thank you now for a time to come and to open your word and, and Father, to deliver your message. I pray, Lord, now that you would loose my tongue, that the message that comes forth will be your message, that you would hide me behind the cross. Father, that your message would be heard clearly, that hearts would be open and receptive to that word. And Father, most of all, I pray that this morning lives will be changed. I pray for renewal in the coming of a new year. I pray for new lives in Christ as people come to know Christ as their Savior. And Father, I pray for that one or those several that may be here today that don't know Jesus as their Savior, that today would be the day of salvation. Now, Father God, this is your time. I ask now your Holy Spirit begin to stir I ask all hearts to be open and receptive, and I give you all the praise and the glory now for this time. It's in Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Amen. So as I was preparing this message and 
um, looking at the theme of redeem the time. I began to ask myself, what does that really entail? What does that mean to redeem the time? And I started looking at 2023 and some of the things that you see in the news. And I think all of us would agree that the days are evil. And it's, it's pretty easy to get, and I agree with that, and amen, if you will, when someone says the days around us are evil. Look at all the things going on in our world. What I want to do this morning is not focus on those things that are evil because there, there is evil around us. But the thing that we've been promised is that our time can be redeemed. God has you and God has me here for a purpose. He wants us to accomplish, to do something. What is that purpose? And in 2023, as we look forward to what God has given us, the gift of the time, do you realize that we as human beings are the only ones limited by time? The angels aren't limited by time. God is not limited by time. Heaven has no time. We are limited by time, but God has given that to us so that we can use that to become who he is calling us to be. So I want you to see three things today as we talk about redeeming the time. I want you to see that redeeming the time, first of all, will require work. It requires something from you. Redeeming the time will require a walk. But also redeeming the time will require worship. Those are the three things that, that I want to, you to see today that redeeming the time requires all of those if our time is going to be effectively used. How do people know that you are a believer in Jesus Christ? How do they know what your convictions are? Well, if you're redeeming the time, you're working on your walk. That doesn't mean you're perfect. That doesn't mean you do everything right. That doesn't mean you have everything figured out. But what it does mean is you're working. You're moving toward a goal. I have an eight-year-old grandson. He's my oldest grandson. And we got together for Christmas and um, he has a a five-year-old sister, and she, uh, she likes to make sure that we are caught up on all the news with her brother. And so we got together for Christmas, and he said, Pat, she said, Pat, you know, um, Bubby has a girlfriend. I said, he does. Yeah, yeah, he has a girlfriend at school. And so I looked at him, and I said, Knox, I said, uh, do you have a girlfriend? And he blushed a little bit, and he said, yeah, Pap, I have a girlfriend. I said, well, does she know that she has a boyfriend? He said, well, I sure hope so. I pull her hair every day. <laughs> you know, sometimes as Christians, we get recognition for the wrong reason. And what we want to do is develop the habits that God wants us to live with. Not the habits where we're, we're pulling someone's hair, so to speak. 
Knox will learn those lessons, I'm sure, as he gets a little bit older. Look first in, in verse 15. Paul says, See then that you work, walk circumspectly. That word see, I have underlined in my Bible. And sometimes we, we hear the word see and we think about, and immediately think about what we see with our eyes. And that's not what Paul's saying here. Paul is using uh, what southern expression we would use when we would tell somebody, see to it that that gets done. Paul is saying, see that these things happen in your life. Paul is saying, take account. Look at yourself. Look at what's going on. So see then, see that you walk circumspectly. Now that word circumspectly is very interesting. Uh, when you look at the Greek, it actually takes two words and pulls them together. The word circumference, to go all the way around something, and the word to inspect. So in the Greek, it says to inspect the circumference. So look all the way around. Paul is saying, pay attention to and make sure that you walk circumspectly so you walk in a manner that you're aware of what's going on around you. I'm afraid so many times as believers, we get in a church mode. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's nothing wrong with great fellowship. There's nothing wrong with sharing birthdays and having fellowship dinners. Those are all great things and we should do those things. But so many times, we get caught up in putting blinders on and we don't see what's going on out here. We don't see that person that comes to the fellowship dinner that maybe they come in and they sit by themselves. Maybe it's somebody we've known all of our lives, but now they're sitting by themselves. Paul says, look around. See what's going on around you. I work at Jefferson Correctional in Monticello, Florida, and we have about 1,300 inmates. And by the way, if any of you want to come to prison, you're welcome to. I'll give you an opportunity to come volunteer. Um, it's fairly simple to get behind the fence if you want to come in. But uh, seriously, if you do want to volunteer, I would welcome that. And uh, you can ask Brother Kerry and give you my number, and uh, we can work on that. But my point in talking about Jefferson Correctional. So obviously, in a, in a prison setting, you have to be aware of your surroundings. And things have meaning that you wouldn't think have meaning. And so you have to be attentive to what's being said and why they're saying it, what's happening and why it's happening. I have one inmate right now that uh, I'm watching circumspectly. I'm, I'm checking out what's going on with his every move. And why do I do that? Well, because every time he walks in my chapel, he makes a beeline for my office and says, Good morning, chaplain. I'm here. Good morning. How are you? I hope you're having a great day. Well, that might be okay here. That doesn't happen in prison. 
So somebody's making a beeline to your door to tell you good morning. He's distracting you from whatever he's doing while he's in the chapel. Right? But you pay attention to those cues in your family with a a spouse or a child or another loved one in your family. You pay attention to the cues when something's not right, when something is out of sorts. My wife, uh, she couldn't be with us today. She, you know, in this day and age, when you get a cough and you feel sort of, uh, and you're not quite sure, you just stay home. <laughs> she didn't want to bring anything to you, and she's not sure she may be coming down with something. So, um, and she's not felt good for a couple of days. So I said, well, stay. But my wife and I, this year we'll celebrate 35 years of marriage and most of those 35 years have been blissful. Um, and I think she would be the one to tell you not all of them have been blissful. But um, when something is going on or something's heavy on my heart, my wife can tell. And she'll say, what's going on? What are you thinking? Did you have a bad day at work? And she's also a social worker, so she likes to ask questions. And sometimes I have to say, just, it's okay. It's all right. But you see, when you're, when you're walking circumspectly, that's the kind of thing that happens with God. God, in his, with, his Holy, with the Holy Spirit of God, begins to speak to you and say, hey, what's, what's going on here? Why are you hanging out with those people? Why are you doing those things? You know, working in a prison environment, one of the things that we share with men constantly is if you run with the same group, you're going to get the same results. And so you have to change your venue. You have to change your friends. Well, folks, it's no different in your Christian walk. You should be different. You should act different. You should be a peculiar people. You should seek your advice from godly, not ungodly people. If you're walking, walking circumspectly, then the Holy Spirit is going to use God's word, use his influence in your life, on your heart, to tell you, no, don't go there. Or maybe you're talking. This is, this is a biggie for me, so I'm preaching to me now, all right? Um, shut up. Just be quiet. Sometimes it's okay to be quiet. But we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. You see, if we're not looking circumspectly, if we're not being wise about our walk, then we walk as fools. That's what he says here. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. So if you're not walking circumspectly, then you're walking as a fool. You're walking as if you're in complete control of everything. You have everything figured out. 
It's all about you and what's, what's right for you. Can I share with you this morning that the Word of God is not about what's right for you? The Word of God is all about what's right, thus saith the Lord. It's what God has said. It's how God says you operate your life. It's how God says you run a family. It's how God says you run your business. It has nothing to do with making you comfortable. Because, friend, let me, let me assure you, if you're walking circumspectly and you're walking as the wise, there are going to be times when it's very, very uncomfortable. Because God's ways are not normal in an evil world. And you're going to stand out like a sore thumb sometimes. You're going to be laughed at sometimes. I know this is Georgia and I live in Florida. Maybe some of you do too. Um, but... I had this conversation this week with my coworker. We we're talking about Governor DeSantis. Whether you like him or don't like him is is doesn't matter. Regardless of that, the man has taken a stance in what he believes. He has a core set of values. And he said, this is the way I'm going to govern. This is what I believe. Now, he stood on those beliefs and those core set of values. And people have come up against him. Well, rather than wilting and saying, okay, well, I'll do it this way, he said, no, these are my core set of values. This is how I'm going to govern. Now, like that or hate that, the man has a core set of values that he's lived by and that he's governed by. The same should be true for you. The same should be true for me. Our, sort, our core set of values should come from the Word of God, and we don't waver. We live by what the Bible says. You see, the reason that Paul is writing the book of Ephesians is he's writing to the church to ensure that the church remains unified. He's writing to make sure that this church at Ephesus does not develop Baptist um, arithmetic. Y'all know what a Baptist arithmetic is, right? Baptist arithmetic is multiplying by dividing. Right? You have one church, you divide, you get two churches. You have two churches, you can't get along, you divide, you get four churches. That's Baptist multiplication. Unfortunately, I've been in those situations before. Maybe some of you have too. But what Paul is saying is it's about unity. And so he's, he's teaching these things so that we redeem the time because the days around us are evil. There's enough problem on the outside to take care of everything that needs to be dealt with. We don't need to bring those problems into the church. So he's saying, walk circumspectly, not as fools. And then verse 17, look what he says. Therefore, do not be unwise. So we see what's going on. 
We work circumspectly all the way around us, and we're wise about our steps, about our, our speech, about who we associate with, about how we associate with people. It doesn't mean that, that believers should not associate with unbelievers. We certainly should. We should be salt and light to the world. But we have to be wise about that. When I was 16, 17, 18 years old, I, I grew up in East Tennessee and in the mountains of uh, Virginia. And so I ran the mountains quite a bit. I loved the outdoors. I loved to hunt and fish. And, um, I was all the time getting into trouble. I remember about this time of year, actually it was, it was right around Christmas. A friend of mine, I, I, we're still friends today. I'm friends with him on Facebook. and He sent me a message last week. Remember whatever it was, 35 years ago or 40 years ago. It was a cold duck hunt. I sank my dad's boat in a river that was covered in ice. Firearms went to the bottom of the river, and I had to dive out because of my dad's shotgun. I was not going to leave it in the river. So I had to dive in after that. But it was a foolish decision that got me in that predicament. Well, at 16, 17, 18 years old, I made a lot of foolish decisions that got me in a lot of predicaments. But I would take off and run the mountains and never thought much about it. If you fall and sprain a knee or break a leg or, well, somebody will help you get out and you'll get better. Well, just recently, my family and I uh, visited the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And I actually have ancestors that are buried in the park. Some of my ancestors were um, inhabitants there before it was a park. And so they got to live out their days in the park. And, and when they passed, they were buried there in the family cemetery. And so last October, uh, my family and I went uh, looking for that family cemetery actually found it. It's in the Cataloochee area of the Great Smoky Mountains Park. Um, but I'm not 18 years old anymore. And I've got uh, some ailments that I, I don't move like I used to when I was 18 years old. But that family cemetery was on top of a hill. My wife's from Florida, so she calls it a mountain. Um, I'm from East Tennessee. It, it was a hill. Okay, But Nonetheless, it, it was elevated. And we had to walk up that hill to, to get to that cemetery. And I found myself, before I ever started the trip, I looked around and I found a good hickory stick that I could hold on to. And so I had a walking stick. And as I made my way up that path to that family cemetery, it was probably about three feet wide. But I was looking, before each step, I would look and I would say, okay, if I step there, I'm not going to be upright very long. So I better step over here. And I'd take one step and I'd put that staff in the ground, that walking stick in the ground, and then I'd pull myself with the other foot. And then I'd look and say, okay, where am I going to step next? 
Now, that's how a 55-year-old walked up that path instead of an 18-year-old. I took care to know where my feet were going to be and think through what was going to happen when I stepped there. That's what Paul's saying in verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, so many times we don't we lose sight of what the will of the Lord is. What is his will? His will is, is for us to grow in knowledge of him, to become wiser, to become a stronger Christian, to not always be a babe in Christ requiring the milk of the word, but to get into the meat of the word. Don't be unwise. Understand that God does want us to work. He does want us to develop that walk. The walk becomes habit. So as we begin to work as a wise person, we begin to walk in a way that God is watching our steps. Why? Because we're doing things His way. We're living life His way. We, we develop an understanding, a rhythm, if you will. It's almost like a dance. Well, I know if, if I do these things and I get away from studying God's Word, and for me, just me personally, I'm not, not saying this is your case, but for me personally, music is huge in my life. And I can listen to the wrong kind of music, and it's not long I want to go to the wrong kind of places, do the wrong kind of things. Now, don't get me wrong, I, I like good music, and I listen to good music, but I have to be careful. I have to be careful. Are you being careful with your walk? Are you walking in a way that's wise? Are you walking in a way that you have understanding of who God is and, and, and what He's doing in your life? Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. That's pretty simple. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. You drink alcohol, you get drunk, it's going to cause you a lot of problems. That's what he's saying. There's all kinds of problems tied up in that. But, do something better. Redeeming the time? You can redeem the time if you're filled with the Spirit. So fill yourself with the Spirit, not wine. Fill yourself with God. Allow Him to begin working in your life. Allow Him to begin showing you what He wants for your life. 
I truly believe that we don't have people surrendering to ministry, people surrendering to the mission field uh, the way we have in times past because we're not filled with the Spirit. We're filled with ourselves. TikTok and social media, Facebook, Instagram, you name it, they can be good things. They really can. But they also can be a a tremendous detriment to what God is doing. Why? Because you begin to become focused on me. You begin to become focused on, well, who liked that post? How many people liked that post? They like that. Should I do something different and see if I can get more likes? And so it's, it's like a snowball. And as it gets rolling, it just gets bigger and bigger. And before you know it, you're away from what God is calling you to do in your life. You're focused on everything that you want to do. Do you want to redeem the time in 2023? Ask yourself this question. God, what do you have in store for me for 2023? God, what do you want me to do in 2023? It doesn't matter what your age is. If you're working diligently and you're walking in the Spirit and He's filled you, He will show you what He wants you to do in 2023. When I was in high school, I was in band. And uh, I tried basketball for a little bit, messed up a knee, and I, I decided band was easier, honestly. And uh, so I ended up in the band. Well, one of the things we did in the band is during marching season, you have a direction that you're moving. And so the band director tells you, okay, on this, this beat of the music, at this measure, you take off walking in this direction. Well, if you're not walking... They do what, you do what they call marking time. And so you stand there and you move your feet, but you're not going anywhere. You just mark time. Let me encourage you in 2023, don't mark time. Folks, time is too precious. There's a lost and dying world around us that if they don't hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're going to hell. That's not a popular message today. But let me assure you, there's no better way to redeem your time than to share the gospel with others. That's one thing we know God wants us to do because he commands us to do that. Acts 1.8 is very clear to go into all the world Baptizing them and making disciples. So I would ask you in your walk, are you marking time or are you going somewhere? Do you have a firm understanding of who God is and what he's doing in your life? And finally, are you filled with the Spirit? Are you filled with the Spirit? If you're wise and you're understanding and you have the Holy Spirit filling you, 
to equip you for every good work. Then you're able to work out your salvation. And that actually, that term, working out your salvation, Philippians 2.12, that's been a confusing term or confusing passage for some over the years because it, it doesn't mean that you're working to get your salvation. It means your salvation has action. You're doing something with your salvation. And Paul, in Philippians, Paul tells them, work out your own salvation in fear and trembling. And I would ask you in your walk, what are you doing to work out that salvation? What does that look like in your life? I can't answer that question. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Are you redeeming the time with your walk? Are you redeeming the time with your work? Only you can answer those questions. But here's the good part. Here's where it gets really good. If you're working and you're walking in a way that honors God and you have a God-honoring life, then what Paul writes about next is an overflow of that life. Look at this. Verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things to God the Father. Let's back up to 19. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I heard as this service began that you know, there's some in the congregation or family of, of members that that are ill. Are you speaking in songs and, and psalms to that person? You know, that's how as a church we begin to reach out to people. We share the good news through the songs, through the spiritual songs and the singing and making melodies in your heart. We shouldn't live a life with an Eeyore syndrome of Nobody loves me. I'm just going to walk off. I'm not worried about this world. No. As a believer, we have hope. And we should be singing that to the world. We should be singing that to members of our own church. If we as a church are coming together and we're speaking to each other in spiritual songs and psalms and hymns, what does that do? That builds the church up. It brings us together. That's what God has in store. But those things only happen when you're working and walking in the right way. Those things happen as an overflow of what God's doing in your life. There have been times when I've stepped in a pulpit and I'm just being dead level honest with you right now. There's been times I've stepped in a pulpit and spiritually speaking, just dead as I can be. Just feeling beat down and defeated. And God, I don't know why you called me to this, but I'm just, I'm here because I'm trying to be faithful. 
Now, let me share with you, as a pastor, as a preacher, that's no way to stand in the pulpit. And I pray to God that I don't ever do that again. But there are times in every pastor's life that they feel defeated, that they feel beaten, that they feel let down. Let me encourage you today to speak to your pastor in songs and psalms and spiritual hymns. Build him up. Brother Kerry is a man of God, and I know you know that, but he still has days where he's beat down and defeated. I think one of the keys or one of the prerequisites to being a pastor is having a pastor's broken heart. And I say that because every pastor I've known, and myself included, have those times where their heart just breaks for their people. And they don't feel like they're ever getting through. And they don't feel like anything's happening. They feel like they're marking time. Church, I want to encourage you in 2023 to speak to each other in spiritual songs. Love on each other. Share with one another what God's doing in your life. I attended a church one time that on Wednesday nights, the pastor, the Wednesday nights got so morose, hard to listen to, because of what that pastor at the time called the organ recital. My liver's failing, my heart's failing, my lungs are failing. And don't get me wrong, those things are important to pray for. But that pastor came together and he said, you know, we have so many people with so much illness and we look at so many things going wrong. He said, does anybody have a praise report tonight? Is God doing anything good in any person's life tonight? And it started very slowly. And one or two people would speak up. After a month or so of coming in and expecting what God's doing in people's lives, did you know that we had a Wednesday night service of prayer time, but it was a praise time? People could not wait to get to church to share what God was doing in their life. The pastor actually had to stand at the front and say, no, wait, wait just a second. We've got this praise report over here. He, he was ready to go first. And we had to hold people back from sharing what God was doing in their life. That's the overflow I'm talking about. When we begin to share what God's doing in our life, we begin to show people how God's working in our life. It might just be a Bible verse that, that you read in your morning scripture and God pricked your heart and says, so-and-so needs to hear this today. Pick up the phone and call them and say, you know, I just wanted to share this with you. Be attentive to what God's doing in your life. Look around. Don't get caught up in you. Because this overflow, this overflow is what makes all the difference. It, it brings all the unity together. It brings all the people into one room. 
It's not by accident that as Paul talks about this, and he talks about getting things right at, at church, giving thanks always, it's not by accident as he's talking about that, he's getting ready to talk about marriage in the home. Because you see, if you're living, redeeming the time. If you're allowing God to work through your life. If you have that walk. If you're working and wanting God to give you more and to show you more. And you begin to have that overflow. It pours out into your home. Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. They begin to see that overflow. Even in times of dire circumstances, have the overflow. Let people see it. Isn't that what he says here? Verse 20. Giving thanks always. Always. For all things. For all things. It's real easy to give thanks for a new baby. Real easy to give thanks for a new baby. Real easy to be happy about and celebrate the first birthday of a child like I did my youngest granddaughter yesterday. Real easy to do that. In all things, give thanks. How do you give thanks when you've lost a spouse of 50 plus years? How do you give thanks when a child dies? The only way you do that is if you've been here. The only way you do that is if you're working and walking with him. Well, over 20 years ago, I was teaching a morning adult Sunday school class. I had prepared the weekly lesson, and we were driving to church that Sunday morning. We got about a half mile from the church, and there was a side of a horrific car accident the night before. Pieces of the car were strewn all over the side of the road. It was an open field type area and then there were some trees behind that. As we drove past, we saw a sheet laying on the ground. We saw parts of a car that were up in top of the trees. And I told my wife, I said, that was whoever was involved in that didn't survive. That was horrendous, horrible sight. So I pulled into church, ready to teach Sunday school. As I got there, the pastor met me at the door and he said, before you go in, he called the gentleman's name. He said, that was his son in the accident. The man was in my Sunday school class. He was sitting on the front pew 
when I walked in. Later that afternoon, I stood in his living room with him and held an adult man and hugged him while he sobbed on my shoulder and asked me why. I don't know why. But I walked away from that time and I was able to say, God, thank you for putting me in his life at a time when he needed somebody to cry on. I didn't say anything. I was there. But God placed me there at that time. And I was able to give thanks for that. If you will live 2023 redeeming your time, He will bring you to a place where He'll use you in ways that you never imagined. Have you doing things that you never had a clue you would do? I promise you, there was a day and time in my adult life, my young adult life, when I said, when they go to prison, you lock that door and throw away the key. I don't ever care if they see the light of day. And God has brought me to a place in my life where my heart breaks for those men that are locked up. Regardless of the horrendous crimes that they've committed, my heart breaks for them. Why? I don't know why, other than God. So as I wrap this up today, I want you to be able to answer that one question this morning. Is how are you walking? Are you redeeming the time If not, why not? Make 2023 a day, a year of redemption so that God can begin to use you in the plan that he has for the world surrounding you. As you begin redeeming the time, he'll begin showing you where he's working. If any of you have been through experiencing God, that's one of the things that Henry Blackaby says. Look where God's working and join Him. That's my encouragement to you. Is as you redeem the time in 2023, look for where God's working and join Him. I pray that all of you can begin working and walking in a way that you'll have the worship and the overflow coming into your life. But you may be here this morning and you may be saying, you know, I can just, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the whole reason that we are here today. If we're His, if we're believers of Jesus Christ, then we're here to worship Him, 
to praise Him for who He is. But friend, if you're here and you're lost today, I beg you, come to Christ. Lay down your life and say, redeem me so that I might begin redeeming the time. An unredeemed life will never redeem the time. You'll just mark time. As Brother Wesley comes and we, we sing, I just, just want to ask that uh, you take the time now to pray. This altar is open if you want to come up here and pray. But folks, redeem the time in 2023. May God give you a year like you've never had before with all the excitement that only God can bring because of the work you're putting in and the walk that you're exemplifying to others. God loves you. He does want what's best for you. Now go do your part.